Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Good morning. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting us to be here, me and Noor, my wife. And it's an honor to come uh, to the Stony Alliance and, and Canada and to be with the body of Christ and to share what God is doing in the other side of the world. I'm really honored, me and my wife, we're here. And uh, Noor actually, she, is, uh, she left Iraq when she was six years old, uh, lived in Turkey seven years until they came to Canada with her family. And uh, they lived in Canada since the year of 2001. We got married 2011, and then she went back to Iraq with me to serve the Lord. I was in Iraq since the day I was born until this day. We have three kids, Alice and Andrew and Angelo, and we live in Erbil, in the northern part of Iraq. Well, um, I want to just start with uh, uh, reading a verse from the Bible, which I'm going to share about what God is doing in Iraq. That's going to be from Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. There the churches throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord, and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. I came from Iraq. Iraq is the, is the, the country probably you hear and you read a lot about Iraq in the Bible. If you, if you have read about the Assyrian Empire and the Babylonian Empire, that's right there in Iraq. So the Babylonians are like in the south and the Assyrians are in the north. I came from the land where Daniel was captured there and uh, where he was right there in Iraq. Jeremiah was praying at the, at the river, uh, which called like Tigris. So we have the two rivers that mentioned in the book of Genesis, Tigris and Euphrates, that is in Iraq. Man, Nur, we come from the city called Mosul. Have you ever heard of the city of Mosul? Mosul, the city that was captured by ISIS, which is, it's the same, same city that Jonah went to and talked with them about God, which is Nineveh. So basically we are Ninevites. Yes, we are. <laughs> so this is, this is the land I came. I came from the land of beginnings, where God started everything right there in Iraq. And we have so much privilege, you know, to serve the Lord in Iraq. And, and the, this, you know, land. We have so much, you know, history, but also Satan has done so much in that land. And we are hoping, you know, by God's grace, you know, we get the people, we get, you know, the laws, you know, back to the kingdom of God. And that's, we feel that's our God's calling, you know, to be in Iraq. So today I'm going to share with you also what God is doing in the church. So I'm a pastor of a church in the, the northern part of Iraq. And which is like called like Erbil. Erbil is the capital city of the Kurdistan area, which is the northern part of Iraq, where the Kurds are. So we planted the church in 2011. And today I'm going to share like three parts. So how the church can be at peace when nothing else is really peaceful. You know, I was born in Iraq and raised in Baghdad, and I was born 1977. Until this day, I have not seen my country even one day in peace. 
I, my early memories, my mother, you know, dragged me from the window because the Iranians was, you know, hitting Baghdad with rockets. So we had war with Iran for eight years. And then 1990 came when Saddam Hussein went to Kuwait and conquered Kuwait, invaded Kuwait. And then we had about 13 years of sanction. During those years, uh, after the Gulf War, we had really hard time economically in Iraq. It was really hard time. You know, we were hungry. The time was not good. And people were really very poor. And until the year of 2003 came, and actually our church started as an underground church before 2003. And before that time, we were praying for revival. God brings revival to Iraq. God brings revival to Iraq. Remove Saddam Hussein. We need to see a lot of people you know, come to Christ. And then 2003, Americans came and, uh, with the coalitions and, and they removed Saddam Hussein. And we thought, this is it. This is the revival. And actually it is. It was. You know, uh, since then, you know, many churches started. We were underground churches. And then we started public churches. From almost one church, evangelical church, we grew to the seven churches in Baghdad and many other churches in different areas of Iraq. And we experienced a little bit of peace, a little bit, like kind of like one, two years. And, and, and even though like it was a chaos, and then Qaeda came. And Qaeda came, they started attacking the Iraqi government and the Americans and even the Christians. And back again to the killing, kidnapping, and so many other things. So experiencing peace in Iraq was not really something, we, it's not in our dictionary. We don't really understand peace. However, the church understood peace very much and very well. And in many ways, you know, you see the church was growing, was doing ministry, even though there's a lot of bombs, car bombs, there's a lot of killing and kidnapping and, and chaos, but the church still, you know, functioning, meeting every Sunday, and even talking with people about Christ. We remember, you know, the time when we started the church in Baghdad, we started from very few people. In a few months, we grew to the 200, 300. I remember when I was in Korea, I, I, I did my theology in Korea. So the year of 2000, I was, usually I, I, I go back to Iraq when I studied uh, twice a year. And I remember 2007, I asked my church, so I would like to come back to Iraq during the, my vacation time. It was the Christmas time. I said, please don't come. And I asked my other friend, I said, I would like to come to Iraq. He said, please don't come. Stay in Iraq. Stay, stay in Korea. It's much safer for you because here is really is getting really, uh, uh, you know, things are, are not in order, a chaos, a lot of, you know, terrible things are happening around us. I even asked my family. My parents said, please do not come to Iraq at this moment. Stay where you are. The only one who encouraged me to go to Iraq was Jesus. I did ask and I said, go. And I went and I remember that, you know, I went and I saw like the, 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 the streets were empty. The people were afraid and a lot of car bombs. Like we were talking about 13 car bombs per day in Baghdad. We literally, when we say goodbye to our parents at home, or like to everybody, we didn't know if we we're going to see them in the evening or no. So that's kind of like the situation we live. So that the whole situation was really in a chaos. So, so I, I talked to my church, said, let us do overnight prayer. Let's pray and let's do something. 
And I remember like at that day, two things happened with me. The first, the first, you know, the, na- the night before I was preparing for my sermon. So I was like in a, in a, in a, in a living room that's facing the street. Once I finished about 12 noon, I went to my bed, literally after five minutes, an explosion, big one happened right in front of my house. And I, I was living with my parents at that time. So the terrorists at that time, instead of hitting the Americans' conveys, they hit our house. So the place where I was praying, literally, if I would have stayed another five minutes, I will be with the Lord right now. And I just went back to my, you know, uh, to my bed, and then we woke up in the morning. And then again, they called me and said, your cousins, both of them, they stuck in the middle of car explosion. And we need to go and save them, like to get them, like to see if they're alive or dead. So I went to the place where exactly where the car bombs happened to search for them. And I could not find them. So I was searching, you know, in the, in the hospitals. Uh, finally, after a few hours, I found them in the hospitals. But going into that place where the car bombs happened, just like so much evil in there. So much like you can feel how the Satan is controlling the people. It's honestly, it was kind of like a human barbecues. I'm sorry to say it this way. So many people were killed in this, in this, uh, uh, and that you know, explosion. I went back and I slept. I could not go to the overnight prayer. And the Lord started to speak to me. I said, Malad, will you continue to serve me in Iraq? It was the hardest yes ever to tell him. But I was at peace when I said yes. I was really at peace when I said yes to the Lord. And look what the Lord has done with me and for my family. I could not believe that the Lord is going to bring me a wife all the way from Canada <laughs> to leave the, the, you have a very nice place here, by the way, <laughs> and to leave Canada and to come to live with me in Baghdad. Living and serving the Lord at peace is very important. Because in ministry, we face a lot of terrible and things that are very, very, very hard. You know, after the ISIS, and ISIS has taken a lot of women for the sexual slavery. So after that, uh, one day they, they told me, Malad, there is a woman that was just, you know, liberated from, uh, they actually, they bought her back. So they paid money to bring her back to Kurdistan save her from ISIS. Would you like to go and see her? I said, of course I would love to go and see her. So I went and I visited her in her home. And she, the once she told, the once she knew that I'm a pastor, she started to ask, why? I said, what was going on? I said, why like after three months, you are the only one who came and visited me. Nobody else has visited me for three months now. I said, please come down. Let us meet tomorrow and sit together and talk. So she came to my office the second day. So I was like wondering what happened with this lady. This lady is actually from a Christian Catholic background. And she was kidnapped and taken by ISIS. The story starts like this. She was forgotten. She slept over the, the whole night and nobody knocked the door on them. She was like only two sisters in the home. When the ISIS took the that the village of Karakosh, they wake up in the morning and ISIS were everywhere. And basically they took them 
and they sold them to the, uh, to the sexual slavery. She told me, Pastor, I have been sold 16 times to different kind of men. And the first man who bought me was an imam, a religious Muslim leader. It, it's really a sad story. I don't want to go through like every single, you know, thing what happened to her, but like kind of like spending two years with 16 different people, they gave her so much, you know, injections, like, uh, I don't know, like so many things. They treated her like an, an animal, they as a slave. And then, and then at the end, she was like, she, you know, one, one organization was able to get her back and I was like for two hours sitting in front of her and I was asking myself, what if that woman is my mom or my sister or my wife or my daughter? Like just to be in her position and feel what she feels was really, really, really hard. What can you do for this woman? So just we prayed as a church. And we were at peace. That's how we, when you minister, and that's how the churches were at peace. When you say, like, when you read in the Bible, the churches were at peace, that does not mean an out, you know, like, like the peaceful atmosphere. The peace that comes from inside, the peace that comes only from the Lord. That lady, when she started to come to the church, said, you know, I don't have anything really special I can do for you. I'm not a counselor. But... Please join us in the church. The first time when she joined us and she was like singing, she was like watching, like us singing and, and doing, you know, kind of like weird stuff. But then like Sunday after Sunday, I always, you know, kept looking at her and see what she feels during the ministry. The smile on her face started to show up and she started kind of like hands a little bit up and she's kind of like engaging with the community. What you can get out of this woman? So a lot of people in my church, they started you know, even like to fellowship with her. So that's kind of like the atmosphere sometimes we, we minister to the people. It's at peace. That is the peace when we get, it's only going to come from the Lord. Well, the churches also in the book of Acts were strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is very important. You cannot do church. You cannot be a church. You cannot talk to the people and go and evangelize them unless there is a power of the Holy Spirit is with you. You cannot do it alone. And that is the lesson that we have been learning over many, 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 many years in Iraq. Nobody could do church in Iraq unless the Lord is with that. And I remember one time when I, that was like something for me, it was like a, a special message from the Lord to me. He said, like, we were, like, in Erbil and planted the church, and we moved to the, uh, to the current location. And they told me, you know, there's a Syrian woman. That was 2013. A, a Syrian woman wants to come and see you. And actually, she is there in the church. I said, what, what does she want? I said, no, no. She said, to, she said, I want to meet with the pastor, and I'm not going to take a long time. So okay, come her in, let her in, and I sat down with my friend, and we were. And she started to talking to us. She said, "I'm a Syrian woman. I'm a Kurdish, and I came all the way from Syria to Iraq." I said, "Okay, that's nice." And I am a married, 
my, my husband is a handicap and I have three kids. One of them is a handicap too. So I started to think and, and you know, uh, to imagine that she is here for help, that she needs some, you know, financial help. So how can I help you? She said, three weeks ago, as I was sleeping beside my husband, Jesus visited me in a dream. I said, okay. And I was sick and he came and he put his hand on my flesh and my body and he healed me completely. And he went. I said, that's fine. And for me, like I could not understand why you came all the way from Syria to Iraq to tell me this. I said, wait. There's another, another part of the, of the dream. It said, after one week, Jesus visited her in the dream again. And now in a sanctuary. And in the sanctuary, there was a bread and there was a wine. And he gave her from the bread and the wine, and then he baptized her. And he told her, go to Iraq, to Arbil, Kurdistan, and there is a church by the name of Jesus, the light of the world, and they will tell you what to do. Like deep inside, he didn't tell me anything. He did not mention anything. So like, what to do now? I said, okay, so what do you want? She said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just here because I obeyed what he told me to do. You know, I'm a, I'm a theological, you know, I study theology. And sometimes it's very hard to, to comprehend or like to accept these kind of things. It's still happening. So I said, okay. So we took her like for one hour uh, to study the Bible, a little bit to introduce her to the Bible and how to study the Bible. And, and I, I baptized her. I gave her from the Holy Communion and I sent her back. So I was thinking the whole day, what is this all about? He said, it's a message from the Lord that I know you by name. I know your church by name and I'm going to be with you. And until this day, I can confess before you and before the Lord. The Lord has done miracles with us in every way possible. We are really strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. The third thing to the final thing, the church was growing. During the time of Acts, during the time of persecution, the church never stopped from growing. Under persecution, churches grows. So just under persecution, when you hear about the churches under persecution, just pray for them. Because on the other side of the story, this revival is happening. That is what we are experiencing. You know, I went back to the schools and where they taught me, you know, theology after we experienced ISIS and after we experienced massive exodus of people. You know, my city, Erbil, where one day flooded with people. It was a tsunami of people because ISIS has taken their lands and everybody came. And then we jumped a number as a church from 60 almost to 200 in a few weeks. And I went back to school. You know, you, taught, you have taught me everything, but nobody really taught me what to do with this kind of church. And they told me you go and read Acts 1 and 2. <laughs> 3,000 people, you know, in one night. And that is what's happening in these days with our church. The church is a growing, and it's a growing, and it's growing, and it's a growing in a way that, you know, every Sunday when I stand on the pulpit and preach, 
is the congregation is so diverse. We have 13 different backgrounds in our church. Those have come from 13 different kinds of beliefs. And they came to know the Lord, Jesus Christ, as their Savior. Last year, we baptized 40 people. Only three of them from a Christian Catholic background. And a lot, a lot of them, they have come from five different countries. This kind of people. What the Lord is doing these, these days in the church is something phenomenal. Something beyond our expectations. That's why we're building a new church. We're building a new church because this church is going to be a mission center, a mission base. That's going to serve, you know, the, the churches in Iraq and the churches in the Middle East. And we hope that may the Lord use this church, you know, to be his name, to be glorified in this church. So please pray with us and pray for us that may the Lord give us more strength, more peace, more power, you know, to serve him. Pray for us because we feel that this is a golden time in the Middle East. Even though when you go on CNN, on the news, you hear all the terrible news, but behind the scene and the churches, a lot of people are experiencing peace, being strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and even experiencing a lot of growth in their faith in Jesus Christ. So please pray for us, pray for me, pray for Noor, pray for our church, and thank you so much again for inviting us to be here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.